welcome back to the Beyond the Page podcast. My name is Ardia, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Prism Arts and Literary Journal. And I'm Lauren Miller, and I'm the assistant editor of Prism. To start off um, this week's podcast, because it's going to be released the day before submissions are due, I want to start us off by saying, get your submissions in, folks, if you're listening to this when it's released, because we are seeking art so get that in by November 22nd at midnight. Very excited to see everybody's submissions. Oh, yeah. All right. So today we're going to just talk about some art news. We're just going to search art on Google, go to the news tab, and see what's popping. What's popping? So one thing that I did find when I searched art news earlier was something that I thought sounded kind of fun, which is on K-A-T-U. It's a nature-based art festival which helps fund Portland's Audubon conservation efforts. So it sounds like there's some festival in Portland that's selling nature-based art to support the local Audubon. Okay, very cool. No, uh, what do you call it? I always love to go to festivals and stuff like that because obviously we have like the fall festival in Corvallis and I don't usually get up to Portland for art festivals and I've tried to go down to Eugene sometimes but like I don't know, my scheduling never just works out. But it's really interesting. Do you ever buy art? Oh, yeah. Okay, whenever you Sometimes buy art. Sometimes, anyway. Yeah, do you ever buy it, like, with a theme in mind? Do you, like, buy nature, or do you buy people? Or do you buy, like, some other, like, 3D things? Like, what are things that you buy? I think it depends. I really like art that has, like, nature on it. Like, when I went to the Corvallis Fall Festival, I bought a lot of, like, like paintings of jellyfish Aww. and birds and stuff like that. And part of it's because there's a lot of it there. And another part of it's because I do, like decorating my house with nature stuff. But I think that there are some really fun, you know, abstract arts too, or like portraiture or stuff like that, I think is a fun aesthetic as well. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, it depends on where I'm at. Usually like at festivals and stuff like that, I gravitate more towards like nature or like more landscape. I'm not really a big fan of like animal paintings, okay. but like l- large landscapes and yeah, they can have like a few birds or animals in them or whatever. I really enjoy those as well as like you said, like abstract paintings. It, de- it has to be like a certain abstract. Okay. It has to be very certain, but I definitely like those as well. And then a lot of people say like soaps or candles oh, and stuff like yeah. that. And the scents, I love those. Oh, I love candles. Those. You love candles? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Chef's kiss to candles. Well, you went to um, an art festival recently, didn't you? You went to KomoriCon. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, as far as art news, like that happened recently enough. Yeah, it did. Um, so KomoriCon, I went for the first time this uh, weekend, and it was it was a bit different than I expected. Uh, the reason why I went is because there was an artist that I had been following for at least five years that was finally showing up to a, a convention near me. And I was super, super excited about it. So I bought tickets and decided to go on Saturday. Um, the whole festival itself was pretty nice. It's a different style of art. So it's like more like Japanese and anime-based sort of stuff. But that's art, absolutely. No, yeah, definitely. Don't it's listen just to di- your art teachers if they tell you anime is an art. <laughs> no, it's just different from like fall festivals. Like you won't see oh, what you yeah. see in KomoriCon that you'll see in like the fall festival at Corvallis. But they had panels um, where you could, like, discuss different things. Um, There was, like, an artist alley and, like, a small print. So, like, smaller creators went to certain areas. And then there was the regular place. And I met my favorite artist. She was amazing. Um, She was everything I dreamed of and more. She was fantastic. Fuck her. What's her name? Okay. Her name's kind of weird. But um, Salmonella underscore fish on Instagram. 
It's, yep, I don't know why her name's that, but it's super cute and I like it a lot. But at the end of the day, I really enjoyed Kumori Khan. I don't know if I'll go again. It really, honestly, it really depends on if my favorite artist goes there again, because that was like such an experience for me. And so, yeah, that was my experience. Yeah. Well, that's great knowing somebody at, at a place, right? Yeah, definitely. It gets you in the door. It gets me in the door. Well, you know, I, I'm sure you still had to pay to get in the actual door, but... Maybe that's the thing about festivals. There's no fee, usually. You just walk in. That's true. That's true. you have to pay for. Yeah, especially, like, holiday bazaars and stuff like that, like this one in Portland, or, like, the mm-hmm. Eugene Holiday Market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. We also have, like, this lone pottery stuff in, like, a holiday bazaar yeah. coming up for the craft center, I think. Yeah, we do have a holiday bazaar, I think. We had one last year, anyway, that's, like, downstairs in the MU. Yeah, I think it's, like, the December 6th and 7th. So the OSU holiday marketplace is taking place Friday, December 6th, and Saturday, December 7th in the Memorial Union. All right, you had that already. Yes, uh, I remember seeing it on a flyer, and I was like, hmm. Maybe I'll go to that since I won't be here this weekend because I'm going to an animation expo in Burbank. So That's so exciting. Lots, lots of different travels going on this oh, weekend. Yeah. So. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, too, before we go on to the next news bit? Yeah. So it's called CTN Animation Expo, and basically a lot of big corporations such as Disney, Nickelodeon, Warner Bros., Sony, you name it, they all come together along with very like influential artists throughout the centuries centuries like the decades you're bringing artists back from i'm the bringing dead. artists back from the dead so there's and if you remember mulan the guy who animated mushu i've followed him for a long time he's going to be there and i'm very excited to meet him but basically it's just a lot of people in the animation realm that i really want to meet and talk to will be there so i'm very excited i don't know what to expect either because there's also like an artist alley like kumori khan but it's a lot more professional based since it is in, like, you know, basically the animation complex of the world. Yeah. So, very exciting. All right. Do you have any uh, art news that you wanted to bring up that you found in your searches? Um. Well, I didn't really find any, like, hard news. I just found this, like, kind of opinion piece on, is <laughs> is the Mo- Mona Lisa worth the scene? Because supposedly it's, like, behind, like, a thousand like walls of glass and like people are there every day and it's really crowded and the room it's like a tiny piece of art isn't it yeah it's very tiny compared to like how many people are there and stuff and you can see like basically a lot of people flock there but there's plenty of other artwork that is in the room from da vinci and all that other stuff yeah that's really important but no one really goes for that they only go for the mona lisa and if it's like undermining the other artwork interesting so, yeah, that I was... think that is a good question. And also just in general, like how we value art, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Like, why is the Mona Lisa so important? Yeah. I watched, um, it reminds me, I watched a film in high school about Jackson Pollock. Do you know who that is? I do not. So Jackson Pollock basically made a lot of art that was essentially, he painted it on the floor of his studio and it's essentially splatter paint. And not to diminish, you know, what it may mean, but it's essentially splatter paint. Mm -hmm. And so he would, like, pour, like, buckets of paint across the floor and, like, splatter in certain patterns and stuff like that. And basically, it's worth a lot of money because Mm -hmm. Jackson Pollock is very famous. Um, And people have made... The film that we watched was about people trying to make plagiarism of Jackson Pollock artwork 
or like pastiches and then sell them for the price of a Jackson Pollock. And like the study that goes into telling whether a piece is made by him or not. And it sort of just brought up this question of like, what makes Jackson Pollock artwork worth something that people's knockoffs are not worth? Mm-hmm. It's like, why do his paint splatters in particular make them worth thousands and thousands of dollars? Whereas when somebody else does it, you know, you say that's not even a good piece of art. Yeah, that brings up a really good like concept because that's what a lot of fashion designers and like people like Apple, like, why are you paying so much money for this product in like sort of like Gucci or like Prada? Like, why are you paying like $700 for a sweatshirt that somebody else could make even better for like 100 you know? Yeah. And so, so it's sort of just like a name brand. It's like you want to be a part of like that environment. And for artists, I feel like it's a bit different because there has to be like, you know, that reach of authenticity that like, how do you tell like this is Jackson Pollock's artwork sort of thing? Yeah. It's an interesting topic, I think. Yeah. And the Mona Lisa looks at you no matter where you go. So I think and, that's kind of creepy. I mean, yeah. And, and and I think it's like, it's a good work of art, right? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting piece. It's a cool painting. Its eyes follow you. Its smile is interesting. I think in a historical context, it's very interesting. But I do think it's an interesting question to bring up as well. I, I'm just going to keep saying interesting until I die. That's, fine. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. But I do think that it's a valid question to bring up, right, of like, why do people go here and stand in an insanely crowded room just to see the Mona Lisa from really far away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, why is it worth that much? That's a, that's a question that we'll probably be thinking about for quite a long time, and other people will as well. Yeah. You know, it's like an unanswerable, unreachable question. Absolutely. The worth of art is so enigmatic. And like drastically changes all the time. Yeah. Because something could be worth millions now and worth pennies later yeah absolutely do you have any other news that you want to discuss i do oh no i'm scared well i i already talked to you about it a little bit before oh Um, no (laughs) it's so cool okay so national geographic has just like i think a couple days ago 23 hours ago so yesterday wednesday um has released the a list of the agar art contest winners for 2019 and so if you don't know what agar art is... I was about to say, please explain what agar art is, because I had no idea before this podcast. Yeah. Well, I. it's funny. I referenced it when we talked about STEM versus STEAM in that mm-hmm. podcast, like, weeks ago. I referenced it at the end, because I'm like, yeah, the intersection of science and art. Send us your agar art. Oh, my goodness. I did <laughs> not catch that at all. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, but, okay, so agar art... Essentially, agar is this like jelly substance Mm -hmm. that people use to grow bacteria essentially and populations of just microbacteria in general. And what people have discovered and started doing is taking bacteria that blooms in different colors um, and even different like bioluminescent colors sometimes and essentially tattooing it into the agar. So they'll take like a little syringe and like put it in different places in the agar. And the when the microbacteria grows, then you can see it. You can only see it once the bacteria starts growing and blooming in the color that you expected it to. 
And so people will create incredible art with this. And I highly recommend looking at the National Geographic 2019 agar art winners because there's some really cool stuff in here. Would you there's like, like this butterfly that's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Would you like to spell out agar so other people can look it up? Yes, A-G-A-R is how you spell agar. And yeah, it's just, it's incredible what people do with this. And it's like you can see the formation of the bacteria sometimes too, like some some breeds of bacteria spread out more than others and so you'll see that cool like branching thing of like you know when you would create like crystals as a kid with borax or whatever yeah i think it's super cool i think it's so interesting because this was created with like a living life form yeah like the canvas is literally a life form yeah which is super interesting to billions me. of life forms well, billions of life forms and i'm nothing close to a biology major but i can accept the fact that that's super awesome and i have no idea what's going on at the same time um it's I very mean, that's kind of what makes it fun for me right <laughs> yeah and it's like you said that you could not see it before it happens right i think so so it's like I really just true. a leap of faith yeah. And that's like, for me, like, I really enjoy like that part of it. Like not really knowing what's going to happen, but hoping that it turns out well. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I think it's really fun. I'm glad that you like this. You're very, very passionate about it. So yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm a bio major. I love art. And it's like, you know, the fact that they can join so seamlessly is just cool. I don't know. It's like, you have to know a little bit at least about the life form that you're dealing with to make the art. And also a lot of artists who make agar art are putting themselves in harm's way because some of this bacteria is highly toxic because otherwise it wouldn't be so brightly colored. Okay. (laughs) Right. And so like there was an event at OSU a while ago, actually that I didn't end up going to, but that they had like agar art that you could make, but you were required to go to like a training session first on like safety procedures in the lab in order to make the art. Yeah, well, that's super cool, and I'm really glad that you enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I might have to, like, dive in a little bit slower into agar art since I just figured it out today, but it's definitely, like, a cool, unique way to, like, express yourself, especially in the biology realm. Yeah, So yeah, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, did you have any other news stories you want to go over? Um, not at the moment, no. I, I didn't find anything else, really, except the Mona Lisa, and I was like, oh, I'll click on that, and then yeah. went from there. How about you? Uh, I mean, not that I really found when I was searching. I will ask you, though, what do you think about the new Sonic uh, Oh, animation? my goodness. Thank goodness that Sonic was redesigned. Do you, do you like his new design? I do. Okay, honestly, before, like, I wasn't, like, super mad about it, because in my opinion, I was like, oh, I'm not going to that movie anyways. Like, why should I care? Um, but if you compare, like, the old Sonic to the new Sonic, you see how drastically it changed. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank goodness. And a lot of people are saying, like, oh, you just got to see the movie now because the animators, God bless the animators. They oh, were yeah. so they put in so much work. Much work, so hard work. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. I can just feel the overtime. You know, I can feel <laughs> the overtime oozing out of that teaser trailer. But, yes, I definitely, I'm not going to go see it. And here's why. I know that we say that, you know, the animators put in so much work and that, like, you have to see it because of all that work put in. But at the same time, like, it hasn't, it hasn't, like, impressed me enough yet. Like, I need more. And again, it's like a kids movie. And I love kids movies usually. However, I'm just not feeling it. I might see it, like, if my friend goes and they're like, I need somebody to go with, I'll be like, okay. But am I going to go on my way to watch it? No. That's fair. All right. 
Well, thank you for being here with me, Lauren, and looking over some of the news. Yeah, no problem, Ardia. I always enjoy talking to you. It's been a while since we've been in the booth together. Like, it's been yeah, a quick that's true. minute. That's so. true. I'm we've really... had a lot of fun podcasts recently, but yes. But it's always nice to go back to our roots and just have a little editor, back assistant editor roots. talk. You know, it's cute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, but as Ardia mentioned in the beginning, submissions are due on Friday, so the day after this podcast is produced, November twenty second, by eleven fifty nine p.m. We accept visual, written, audio, and video submissions this year. So please, please submit and tell your friends. Um, our website is orangemedianetwork.com slash prism slash site slash submit. And we would really love to see all of your submissions this year. And we're super excited to look at them. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you guys have a great day. Bye.